श्री चैतन्य कृपा भरो भुवि भुव भरा वहंता रखो बंदे Om Ajnana Smirandasya Jnananjana Salakaya Chakshurundritam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Ajunulambito Bhujo Kanakabhatatu Sankirtanai Kapitaro Kamalaya Takso Vishwamboro Dvijaboro Yuga Dharma Palo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunabhataro Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Gurudai Pushpabanto Chitra Sangdotamunno Vande Ham Shri Ramakrishna Abhayo Charanasako Sukhado Paramanando Sundaro Subhadakyo he Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandu Jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostude Tapta Kanchana Bhurangi Radhe Brindavanishwari Vishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Shri Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Srila Jiva Goswami Ki Jai, Satsandarbhas Ki Jai, Anantakota Vaishnava Indiki Jai. Glorious devotees, thank you for joining today for another discussion on Sri Jiva Goswami's Sri Krishna Sandarbha. Uh, we are continuing today with the uh, section of the Krishna Sandarbha dealing with fortification of the Parivas Sutra, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. Jiva Goswami has uh, likened this uh, section of his Sandarbha. Krishna Sandarbha to uh, a full fourfold army in support of the rulership of the Pariva Sutra within the Bhagavat Purana. And we will continue today. Uh, again, our main focus in the entirety of Krishna Sandarbha is this one verse from the First canto, third chapter, Iti Chamsa Kalapumsa Krishnas to Bhagavan Swayam, Indrari Vyakulam Lokam, Mridayanti Yuge Yuge. All these are either portions, amsas, or minor, minute portions, kalas, of the Purusha, but Krishna alone is Bhagavan himself. All of them appear on planets whenever there is a disturbance created by the atheists. The Lord incarnates to protect the theists. We've covered the first division, supportive statements, wherein Srila Jiva Goswami uh, pointed two particular 
verses in the Bhagavad Purana that directly support the Parivas Sutra, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. Then he proceeded in the second division of this army analogy uh, to statements um, in the Bhagavad Purana, um, wherein not statements, but the Leela narrative, the various dialogues in the Bhagavad Purana that also point to the fact that uh, and verify the fact and fortify the fact that Krishna is the main subject of the Bhagavad Purana and he is indeed the Krishna referred to in the Pariva Sutra, the primary manifestation of the Supreme Lord. So we'll, in today's discussion, finish up a few Anuchetas uh, in the second division uh, regarding major dialogues. And then we will proceed to the hermeneutics section. So, Anucheta 71 uh, reads as follows. Out of intense eagerness, Sunaka expressed yet again his desire to hear the exploits of Sri Krishna, making known that his heart was not at all satiated in this respect. Benjiva Goswami offers the following verse from the first canto, first chapter. We, however, are not at all satiated in regard to the heroic deeds of Bhagavan, who is praised in beautiful verses, hearing of which deeds, the connoisseurs of aesthetic relish, rasa, experience greater and greater delight and each at each and every word or moment. So Sunaka here is pointing out to uh, the speaker that uh, we could we can hear as much as you can speak. Uh, we will never tire in hearing this subject matter of Krishna Katha. So, um, Sutta Goswami at the beginning of the Bhagavatam is speaker. He's relating to the sages of Namusaranya who are being representative, their spokesperson uh, is Sunaka. So he's presenting questions on the behalf of the sages uh, of Namasharanya and uh, Sutta Goswami is responding to those uh, questions. Uh, this continues throughout the first canto, uh, whereon the Patan is passed to Sukadeva Swami in the narration of the Bhagavat Purana. And from then on until the end of the book, uh, the primary dialogue, and there are many dialogues within the primary dialogue, uh, but the primary dialogue is between Sutta Goswami Sukadev Goswami and Maharaj Parikshit, uh, who is on the verge of death. So, and then within that dialogue between Sukadev Goswami and Maharaj Parikshit, 
so many other dialogues are brought out uh, to emphasize certain philosophical points. So it's kind of like a nestled uh, presentation, uh, presentations within presentations within presentations, but all put forth uh, wonderfully uh, through the narration of Sukadev Goswami to Maharaj Parikshit. The 71st Anucheta continues. Jiva Goswami writes in regards to this verse spoken by Sunak. We were satiated in regard to topics such as yoga and sacrifice, but not at all by hearing even a full measure of Bhagavan's heroic deeds. In particular, however, we are especially unsated by hearing the heroic deeds of Sri Krishna, who is praised in beautiful verses, Uttama Shloka, such as, and then he's bringing forth the uh, following verse from the 10th canto, the heart of the Bhagavatam, sometimes referred to as the smiling face of the Supreme Lord. In other words, we never consider any amount of such discussion to be enough. The reason for this is that on hearing such deeds, connoisseurs of rasa experience greater and greater delight at each and every word. Alternatively, the sense can be rendered as follows. Others, however, may of course be sated, but not us. This is the syntactical significance of the word, however, too. So Jiva Goswami is uh, giving us a little bit more insight into uh, the verse that he's using as the primary praman or evidence uh, uh, in this particular Anucheda. So just to remind ourselves, every Anucheda for the most part is centered around uh, a, a specific statement from the Bhagavat Purana and Jiva Goswami uses that statement like a sutra. So uh, the statements of the Bhagavat Purana that are highlighted in Jiva Goswami's Satsandarbhas are like sutras. Um, in the Vedanta Sutra, we have so many various sutras. And then the, if we look to the Vedanta Sutra as, as a indicator of the methodology that Srila Jiva Goswami is incorporating, uh, what we find there is there's the Vedanta Sutra, but the, the real significance of those sutras within the Vedanta Sutra or Brahma Sutra, as it's sometimes referred to, both those names, um, are there for the Vedanta Sutra, which are, is drawn from the entirety of the Vedas, this group of sutras has been milked, and it's truly the essence of the spiritual content of the Veda, and the real, uh, the central focus that should be taken for those aspiring to spiritual uh, liberation generally, moksha, but uh, 
of course, in the case of the Gaudiya lineage, uh, that such liberation or moksha, uh, uh, even if it entails going to Vaikuntha and the different uh, mystic op mystic or spiritual opulences there, living on the same planet of the Supreme Lord, Salokya, Samipya being in his presence, Sarsti, <clears throat> having his opulence or sharing in his opulence there. So Rupya having a form similar to the Supreme Lord of Vaikuntha. Uh, or, and there is this other liberation, uh, which as Gaudias, we're reluctant even to bring up, <laughs> but uh, this other liberation of, of merging into the form of the Supreme Lord. Interestingly enough, uh, my spiritual master, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, uh, he was so uh, reluctant in dealing with this Sayuja, that uh, he hardly considered it a liberation at all, as most Gaudias do not consider it a liberation. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a hellish existence in comparison to uh, the enjoyments to be had in eternal service to the Supreme Lord. So therefore, even in his translation of certain voice, verses that pointed uh, directly to that state of uh, Sarupya or merging into the form of the Lord, uh, he would say that this was a temporary thing. So there's some deep insight to be had there uh, as far as the objective of uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism and uh, more, much more could be said in this regard. So Jiva's brought out this point in regards to Sunaka's um, statement. There's a little of the commentary here, which we will share with you. In love, there is no boredom. Boredom occurs when one's mind is not already preoccupied and hankered for something not presently available. In love, there is complete absorption of attention and feeling in the beloved, and the absence of desires of anything else, anyabila sita sunyam, uh, taken from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Uh, also, we so just to highlight what Sunaka is saying, uh, we're never say, satiated in hearing these pastimes of the Supreme Lord, this great hero of the Bhagavat Purana. When love is awakened for Bhagavan, the taste, rasa, for hearing and singing about him becomes constant. Nama Gane Sadaruchi, again, from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. A devotee established in praying or divine love has immediate knowledge and experience of rasa, the ecstatic, the aesthetic relish of transcendental ecstasy in relation to Bhagavan, and thus will never become bored with hearing about Krishna. 
There is no subject other than Krishna Katha that can bestow such a limitless, overflowing abundance of rasa. Being well aware of this, Sunaka, whose aesthetic sense is highly refined, declares that he is not at all satiated by hearing the heroic deeds of Bhagavan Sri Krishna, which yield greater and greater delight at each and every word, Pada. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asserted the same about Kirtan. At every step, it bestows the complete taste of transcendence. Patipadam punamritas vadanam. And we find that this relish, this rasa from hearing Krishna Katha, even extends down to the neophyte Vaishnav. The newcomer is also enthralled by Krishna Katha. And even though he is just starting, he finds in every discourse that he participates in uh, a greater and greater appreciation for the subject matter. Of course, there are some covenants there regarding uh, the hearing and the speaker of the Bhagavat Purana, uh, most vividly pointed out by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur um, in his commentary on the verse 325.25 of the Bhagavat Purana. Satam Prasadga Mamavirya Samvido that this prasanga, the hearing, uh, if we are able to hear from those uh, prasanga, the superlative sangha, the superlative devotees, the uttama adhikaris, that hearing will pull us, just the hearing alone will pull us step by step up through the different stages of devotional practice very quickly. So that hearing takes one from Shraddha to Nista to Ruchi um, and all the way to Bhav. Hearing from any devotee speaking Krishna Katha is beneficial though. But if that devotee is not on the superlative platform, such hearing is just considered engagement in Shuch um, Krishna Katha is engagement just in the stage of bhajana kriya or regular devotional practice. So uh, it, it is beneficial for us to always seek out that superlative uh, association when it's available to us and hear from such a, an advanced devotee. Uh, it will certainly accelerate our spiritual growth uh, in an extraordinary and magnificent way. We continue down to the 
second Anucheda, Sunaka urges Sutta to describe Krishna's superhuman acts. Sri Sunaka said, Indeed, Bhagavan Sri Keshava, concealed in a deceptive human form, performed superhuman acts accompanied by Balaram. Jiva Goswami writes, Swami also comments. So now he's relying on the commentary to this verse of Sridhar Swami. Therefore, Sunaka makes this statement with the intention of urging Sutta to speak of Sri Krishna's exploits. The adjective ati marjani, superhuman, indicates those acts that are beyond human capacity, such as lifting Govardhan Hill, which is to say, acts that are impossible for humans. Jiva Goswami continues in his Anucheda. But how, having become human, could he perform superhuman deeds? In response, Sunaki uses the word, term kapata manusa in a deceptive human form. The word human, manusa, refers specifically to a distinct terrestrial carbon-based life form, prathiva deha vishesha. Therefore, kapata manusa signifies that it is only by dissimulation, kapata, that he appears to be human. In reality, however, he is the absolute truth in human-like form and hence not a human being in the usual sense. Yet, inasmuch as he has a human-like form and enacts human-like deeds, he possesses humanness, manusatvam, of an uncommon nature. The idea is that one cannot deny his uncommon humanness because it is not in contradiction with the completeness of his divinity, Purna Ashvarya. Sometimes when we go through the Anuchetas as Jeev Goswami is presented in his Satsandarvas, um, because of the extraordinary good fortune we had in hearing uh, the Bhagavat Purana spoken in a Sangha of devotees who are um, completely immersed in, in the philosophy naturally, um, such, such, po such points as Jiva is making uh, seem to be to us uh, a redundant, uh, of a redundant nature. Well, everybody knows that. It, it's, it's, we understand Krishna is not a human being, but we have to understand and we have to greatly appreciate uh, the extraordinary service that Srila Jiva Goswami is doing in the presentation of these Sandarbas. These Sandarbas are, are a guidebook to our study of the Bhagavat Purana. And things that we 
due to our good fortune in good sadhu sangha, in good association, uh, things that we sometimes take for granted, uh, we should be careful not to take uh, for granted, uh, but always be extremely appreciative of the good fortune that we've received so that these philosophical points are have already taken root uh, in our understanding and given us a firm foundation to understand the Bhagavat Purana and the fact that they're being codified in the Sandarbhas of Jiva Goswami uh, speaks both to our good fortune and the merciful dispensation of the Sadhu Sangha that we've received. And they also speak to the extreme importance of even these simple, what we might consider the simplest of spiritual uh, points regarding tattva, how significant they are that Jiva Goswami would take so much time to draw them out and to place them in his sandarbhas and fully unpack them and explain them to us. So really what Jiva has done in the sandarbhas is, is extraordinary uh, for our uh, Gaudiya Sampradaya and uh, these sandarbhas stand as a testimony uh, to the spiritual, strong spiritual foundation and the foundational understandings that truly support us in our practice and nurture us in our spiritual growth. Jiva continues, therefore, in regard to the incident of the theft of the Shimantaka gem, Sukha said, being enraged and unaware of his power, prowess, he, Jambavan, considering him to be an ordinary human being, fought with Bhagavan, his own master. In this statement, by indicating that Jambavan's knowledge of Krishna was inaccurate, Sukha denies his phenomenality while yet establishing his trans-phenomenal humanness. So even Jambavan, uh, a devotee of Krishna, devotee of the Supreme Lord, uh, when Krishna entered into human society and enacted his human-like pastimes, even this devotee could not recognize him and took him to be just another ordinary human being. Uh, this verse being used by Jiva is simply uh, bringing out the significance of the way Krishna was able to disguise himself within human society. That even someone who was devotionally inclined could not recognize him. Jiva concludes the seven, the second Anucheta as follows. The same principle of interpretation is to be applied in regard to statements such as, O learned one, please narrate the activities of Bhagavan Sri Krishna, 
who appears like an ordinary human being by the influence of his maya potency, maya manusha, because his humanness is deceptive in nature, kapata manusa. He is therefore hidden, guda, in his own self-nature. However, he remains Bhagavan, even while assuming that very human-like form. So Jiva's really unpacked this for, uh, for our complete uh, absorption of the spiritual truths contained in uh, the 72nd Anucheda. A little commentary in this regard. In the principal verse of this Anucheda, Sunak refers to Krishna as having a deceptive human form. It is in its technical sense, the word manusa, a man, is used to designate a male of the human species, having an earthen, carbon-based, or true body. To differentiate Krishna's body from this conventional classification, Sunak qualifies the word manusa with the adjective kapata, deceptive. This means that to external view, Krishna appears like an ordinary human male, but in fact, his body is trans-empirical. The word kapata, as used here, conveys the sense of something hidden or concealed. This implies that Although appearing just like a human being, Krishna is Bhagavan replete with six majestic powers in full. For this reason, Sunaka further qualifies Kapata Manusa with the word Guda, hidden. Krishna remains hidden by his Yoga Maya. Naham Prakasa Sarvasya Yoga Maya Samavrita Mudo. Yam ni bijanati, lokamam ajam avyayam. I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For them, I am covered by my internal potency, and therefore they do not know that I am unborn and infallible. So, this verse from the Bhagavad Gita uh, sums up um, from Krishna's own mouth exactly how he presented himself in human society and the fact that those that are bewildered by his external potency uh, are not able to perceive his divine nature, even when he's standing directly in front of them. So this section, if we remember, has 74 uh, anuchetas. So we'll now proceed for, to the last two. And again, these are statements in the narrative of the Bhagavat Purana in support of the Parivas Sutra in the second division of this fourfold army. Shiva Goswami proceeds. 
Now it will be shown that Sri Suta's intention was not to speak, was also to speak exclusively about Krishna. The second chapter opens with a description of Sutta's delight on being questioned by the sages headed by Sunak. From this point up to the fourth verse, Sutta offers reference to the sage Sri Sukha, to Nara and Narayan, to the goddess Saraswati, and to Vyas. So he begins discourse, uh, Sutta Goswami, uh, by his obeisance uh, to these great personalities. Then beginning his discourse on the Bhagavat Purana, Sri Sutta says, O sages, you have questioned me in a highly significant manner, beneficial for the entire world, because through inquiry about Krishna, as conducted by you, through inquiry about Krishna, as conducted by you, is itself that by which complete fulfillment of the self comes into being. Now, Jiva Goswami points to the commentary of Sridhar Swami. The opening verse of the second chapter begins with the following report of Sri Vyas, Sri Sutta honoring the words of the sages. Now in this verse, how Sutta honors them is being shown. O sages, you have questioned me in a highly significant manner, sadhu yatha, because this inquiry is beneficial for the entire world. This is due to the fact that through inquiry conducted by you, thorough inquiry conducted by you pertains specifically to Sri Krishna. Sutta spoke in this manner because the question raised by the sages about extracting the essence of the meaning of all scriptures also culminates in Krishna. Therefore, in the succeeding verses, in response to Sunaka's questions, were Doksaja, Vasudev, Sattvatam, and Krishna, I'm sorry, Sattvatam Pati and Krishna have been used with the express intention of specifying his, Krishna's, supremacy. So Jiva's pointing out here that we are going to find in subsequent verses uh, different nomenclatures, but all of those are, 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 are truly uh, all the same personality. Adoksaja, Vasudev, Sattvatam, Pati, Krishna, they're all Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this is the, the major uh, the major subject matter of the entire Bhagavad Purana. Here, the answer to the sage's first question about ultimate welfare, Ekanta Shreya, is provided by the compound Loka Mangalam, 
beneficial for the entire world? The answer to the second question about the cause of fulfillment of the self is tendered by the phrase, yenatma suprasiditi, by which complete fulfillment of the self comes into being. So what Jiva is doing here is he's pointing out that even these answers by Sutta Goswami to Sunaka's inquiries, they also are indirectly pointing, they can only be indirectly pointing to Bhagavan Sri Krishna because of what what he is, the supreme personality of Godhead. Therefore, he is the ultimate welfare. He is that which is most beneficial for the entire world. Uh, and continuing, he is the complete fulfillment of the self. Little commentary. In the first chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavat, the sages headed by Sunaka Rishi spoke 18 verses containing six questions to Sutta Goswami. The first of these concerns the ultimate welfare of all human beings, and the second, the source of the self's fulfillment, indicating, indicated as the essence of the meaning of all scriptures. The final four requests were all directly related to Krishna, as we have seen. On this note, the first chapter ends. He first expresses his appreciation for the excellence of Sunaka's questions, Sutta does, remarking straight away that they all relate to Krishna. This means that Sutta acknowledged even the first two generic questions as implicitly related to Krishna, because he recognized him as the source both of humanity's ultimate welfare and of the self's utter fulfillment. Indirectly, therefore, he answered the first two questions through his opening statement. Sutta knew well that Sunaka's questions pertain specifically to Krishna, and hence the various other epithets of Krishna, such as Adoksaja, Vasudeva, and Satvatampati, used subsequently by him, should all be understood to refer to Krishna alone. Although these names may be applied even to other forms of Bhagavan, here they are being used specifically in reference to Krishna by virtue of the reasoning provided here. This concludes Jiva Goswami's analysis of the intentions of the principal speakers and hearers found within Srimad Bhagavat itself, a topic that was begun in Anucheta 44. From this consideration, it is clearly evident that Krishna alone is the primary subject of their discussions. Next, Sri Jiva Goswami begins an examination of the subject of the Bhagavat using the six hermeneutical indicators, pramanas, such as Shruti, direct statement, and Linga, inferential marks, mark. So now we come into the third division of this fourfold army. 
and the third verse and third and fourth division are presented together uh, under the head, heading of uh, hermeneutics, satpraman and sadlinga. Uh, what these are are two applications of hermeneutics uh, that Jiva Goswami will use. So, of course, our first question would be, what is hermeneutics? What does this mean? What is satpraman and what is sadlinga? So a simple definition of hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the theory and methodology of interpretation, especially the interpretation of scriptural texts, wisdom literature, and philosophical texts. Hermeneutics is more than interpretative principles or methods used when immediate comprehension fails and includes the art of understanding and communication. So uh, it's an interesting definition and it there's much to be said there because what human hermeneutics is, is that of course, within the scriptures, there are so many statements and many of those statements are not direct uh, proclaimments like Krishna to Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. There are many other statements in the scriptures that in fact, far, um, there's far more of them that don't speak directly than the statements that do, because the, as Krishna himself uh, explains, he likes Parokshavad, that the mysteries of the scriptures, and those, especially those scriptures that speak of him, directly uh, are interwoven, and the mysteries of spiritual life are interwoven through uh, the scriptural texts and the various philosophical presentations in regards to those scriptural texts. So there has to be a way to approach those texts and extract from them the proper philosophical understanding, uh, or what we would refer to as tattva, and the various spiritual understandings that one derives from the scriptural presentation, uh, when combined together, uh, form a siddhanta, or an overall understanding of what is inter, the interrelationship between the Lord and his various energies, and what is the appropriate methodology to be employed in attainment of what are the benedictions contained within the scriptural texts, and what actually does it mean upon that those attainments? What do we actually 
what do we actually attain? So Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan. Uh, so the, the, the methodology, Sambandha is the overall knowledge, some, uh, Abhideya is the practice, Sajja, and the Sajja leads to the, to the ultimate attainment. Prayojan. So this particular section of the Krishna Sandarbha uh, is, is a little bit, uh, well, let's not say a little bit, let's just call it like it is. It's extremely technical because what Jiva Goswami does is he draws from other schools of thought and the principles applied in those schools and he, he gives representative uh, statements in the Bhagavat Purana to show how those principles of hermeneutics or proper interpretation uh, can also be applied to our study of the Bhagavat Purana, which is also a scriptural text, a spiritual text, they can also be applied there to arrive at the appropriate conclusion or the underlying meaning and the underlying message and lesson uh, provided uh, within uh, the Bhagavat Purana. So we'll go methodically uh, through uh, these sections and try to bring out as much as we can um, what Jiva Goswami is saying in his Anuchetas. Uh, we are somewhat hampered in that regard, uh, not being personally schooled in the other uh, major philosophical systems uh, that were current in the day of Jiva Goswami. And they're also current today, but learning all these, all the philosophical systems uh, is quite fruitful, actually, uh, in spiritual life. But uh, for the majority of us, uh, a life absorbed in the Bhagavat Purana and the, and the teachings um, centered on just this primary Praman uh, is sufficient to consume and, and nourish our spiritual growth. Especially when we have and can fall back on the, the, the groundwork of the proper approach to the Bhagavat Purana as established in the Satsandarbhas of Jiva Goswami. So, He's done, he's done the heavy lifting for us, and he's given us these Sandarbhas, and they, they let us have a clear vision of what is the way to look at the Bhagavad Purana, and what are the primary philosophical conclusions that we, as Gaudias, should derive from the study of this text. 
So we begin with the 74th Anucheta, uh, analysis of the subject of the Bhagavat through the six Pramans. So as the title suggested, there are two sets of hermeneutics that Jiva Goswami's going to share with us. Um, and they, the hermeneutics is not, is not limited just to these two. Now, the first one he's going to use is the Sat Praman of the Mimamsa school. Shruti, Linga, Vakya, and so on. So what exactly does that mean? The Sat Praman of the Mimamsa school. What is the Mimamsa? Well, the Mimamsa school is that school of spiritualists who their approach to the sacred literature, the Vedanta Sutras, is centered upon proper execution of action within human society to attain specific material goals. So generally when we say mamamsa, we're referring to material goals, karma mamamsa. So if we want to go to heaven, then there are certain sacrifices we can perform. So the Sat Praman of the Mimamsa school is when we find in scripture directions as to how to execute these specific sacrifices. Um, how exactly are we to utilize and how exactly do we employ those scriptural statements effectively? The praman, the evidence, the topmost praman extracted from the scriptural texts, in this instance, the Vedic presentation, so that the sacrifices are performed perfectly and the objective can be obtained. Now we have evidence of what can happen even if a mantra is not pronounced properly uh, and the intonation of the various syllables is, is not uh, properly applied. Uh, when we look to the, to the manifestation of uh, the, the story of Chitraketu and his um, also uh, going forward to uh, Vritrasura. And this is actually a, uh, a highlight, as pointed out in the Tattva Sandarbha, of the Bhagavat Purana, a way that we know this, you know, this specifically, specific Purana is that this narrative is there within it, is the... Uh, you know, Vritrasura, and how, because a mantra was not pronounced properly, instead of receiving uh, a benediction from the sacrificial procedure, um, I believe the sage was tossed and did not receive uh, an enemy of Indra 
but uh, Indra became the enemy of the fruit of the sacrifice. So we know how important in the Mamamsa school of sacrificial uh, procedures, how amazing, how, how very important getting the details right is. Fortunately for us in the school of bhakti, uh, there's a little bit more forgiveness in our execution of devotional service. And uh, uh, even a, a little service done uh, in the wrong way with the right intent will give one the proper result. So this is the merciful dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement and the merciful dispensation of the sadhus coming in this line of disciplic succession from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So let's look at this 74th Anucheta. We can begin a little of it here. Jiva Goswami writes, in this way, it has been established that the unanimous intent of both the chief hearers and speakers of the Bhagavad is Sri Krishna. Now the same conclusion will be validated by the six hermeneutical indicators of textual analysis, Praman, such as Shruti, direct statement, Linga, inferential mark, or word denotation, and so on. And then Jiva Goswami proceeds to list and explain these one after another, these six hermeneutic indicators. First, Shruti, direct statement. Out of these direct statements, Shruti, defined as an independent declaration, Nirapeksha Rav, Rava, has already been shown in the statement. Krishna, however, is Bhagavan himself. Goes on to explain linga. Linga, inferential mark. The inferential signifier linga, which has the power to support the independent declaration, is to be recognized in verses such as the following. While Brahma looked on, all the cowherd boys immediately appeared dark complexions like that of a rain cloud and adorned in yellow silken garments. Elsewhere in the Vedas, however, the relevant Shruti is to be conjectured on the strength of its inferential mark, Linga, in the form of mantra, Bahir Deva Sadanamdami. I cut the sacrificial grass, the seat of the devas. But here in the Bhagavat, the Shruti is directly present in the form of the declaration. Krishna, however, is Bhagavan himself. And this is what distinguishes the Bhagavat's inferential signifier, linga, from that of the Vedas. Namely, 
Vahir Deva Sadanam Dami. So, something to unpack here. Um, actually, it's, it's quite elaborate, the unpacking, but let's first look to the, to the simple statement. Uh, a Shruti statement is, is direct, Krishna stu Bhagavan Swayam, independent declaration. Uh, and here we have uh, a simple linga uh, from the Bhagavatam is easy for us to understand because what else could be inferred from Brahma's uh, vision? Brahma, the Mohan Leela, uh, speaks to the fact that uh, the Supreme Lord manifested himself before Brahma completely with all of his opulences, showing his extraordinary position uh, to Brahma. And that, as Jeeva's pointed out here, is we can infer from, it's a linga, we can easily infer from Brahma's experience of all those cowherd boys and calves turning into forms of Vishnu being worshipped in throughout uh, the entirety of the material manifestation um, that they had all come forth from Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So there was no question from this incident that the incident itself could have highlighted any other conclusion than Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God ahead, Bhagavan Sri Krishna. There's no other conclusion that could be arrived from that. So with that, uh, our time will has come to an end for today's discussion. We'll continue in this same Anucheta in our next discussion, uh, going into a pretty in-depth explanation of a karma mimamsa application of linga and and how from the linga the shruti is derived in other words here's a statement regarding the cutting of sacrificial grass preparing a seat for the devas well what sacrifice are we talking about here? So that is, that's the point of the linga. Linga, from linga, you should be able to, through lo a logical process, which I will go step by step uh, through just to give us the schooling of how it's done in that school of thought and that approach to, to the sacred texts, uh, how such a thing as the de more details regarding the proper execution of the sacrifice can be determined simply by the linga of this simple statement that I cut the sacrificial grass, the seed of the Davis. 
So they work, there's a whole process of working back to the entirety of the understanding simply by this inferential mark or linga. I thank you so much for your time and attention. I realize it's a little bit of a, a deep and uh, could be philosophically perplexing subject, but uh, uh, it's stimulating uh, to see Jiva Goswami's uh, uh, kindness and generosity in, in pulling us into these extraordinary uh, spiritual revelations and how they're specifically applied by our Gaudiya lineage. Do we have any questions? If not, I will thank you so much. Vanchakalpatuvyascha, Kripasindabhivacha, Patitanam, Pamanebhyo, Vaishnavijanamu, Namaha. Hare Krishna. Krishna Kirtana Bhanana Tanapano Premamritam Banidhi Dheera Dheera Jana Priyavu